0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Justin Scase, Senior Editor of the EHS Daily Advisor, and we hope that all of our listeners are doing all they can to remain healthy and safe during the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Among the many health and safety concerns related to COVID-19 is the challenge posed to all of our collective mental health, Our current situation has put a strain on all of us to some extent, and with mental health challenges come a concern about potential workplace violence. It's important for environment, health, and safety professionals to be prepared for any such threats to their businesses, and we have an expert with us today to help us understand these considerations and provide advice on how to stay ready to protect the workforce. Joining us today on the podcast is J.P. Gilbo, the CEO of Navigate360, a company that boldly confronts the challenges communities face by creating safe environments where they can thrive and focus on their true mission. Prior to joining Navigate 360, JP served as the president and CEO of Community Brands, and he is a techie at heart with more than 20 years of experience leading fast-paced technology companies. So JP, welcome, and thank you for joining us today on EHS on Tap.
1: Thank you for having me, Justin.
0: To start off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? how did you first get involved in the EHS space and what do you do in your current role as CEO of Navigate 360 to promote safety?
1: You know, I I I think I'll start I'll start from the formative years. Um you know, I grew up in, in the Midwest, uh, pretty, pretty traditional Midwest values and family. Uh, my father was a serial entrepreneur, had, had tons of businesses that he ran, and I, I often worked within. Uh, but, but in my, my college years, I, I spent time uh, working alongside my mother, who was a nurse in a trauma center outside of Detroit. And, um, you know, I, I, I saw all, all types of, of life life experiences from, from tragedy to, in, in some ways, miracles that often came about. But, but I gained an appreciation for you know, what challenges we had as a society and, and uh, you know, what issues we had from mental health uh, uh, to, to crime and violence. And uh, I, I've always been interested in it. Uh, my degree uh, was in psychology and uh, by by some stretch or or way of path, I you know I ended up in business uh, running and and spending time in technology companies, often focused on the underserved markets, uh, really focused on small businesses, mid-sized businesses as as well as you know nonprofits that were trying to further and promote their communities and uh, and their causes. and And that's like that that's where I've had a great, great success and a great path. and And so, um, you know, after 20 some odd years, you start thinking about what's next. uh, And and I was contemplating, you know, spending time teaching, helping uh, entrepreneurs think about their businesses. But uh, lo and behold, last November, uh, you know, I was approached about a a unique opportunity around a a safety company uh, that was thinking about just an, an, an inspirational mission to save lives. Um, and and, and, then it, and that's what's at the core of their heart. And if I was going to come back and do something every day, I wanted to come back to something that was uh, focused on societal and social good or, or social based problems that needed an answer to them. Uh, and one where, you know, the brand cared about uh, long lasting values. And, and, and that's how I ended up at uh, navigate 360. And you know so so what we do is is you know we have the opportunity to kind of think about uh, a modern approach uh to safety to wellness to prevention um and it, it's such a you know businesses and schools and our communities wrestle with violence and suicide and mental health issues every day um what I want to do is, and what I approach that with is is a unique way of thinking about the way technology, people, and process come together uh, to address uh, a, a forming a culture of safety and, you know, thinking about prevention to recovery. Hmm.
0: Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, now, We at the EHS Daily Advisor, we recently published an article that you authored about mental health strain related to COVID-19 and how it will likely lead to an increase in workplace violence. Uh, It was a very popular article and it leads us to our conversation here today. So to start us off, uh, could you describe how our current situation is creating a mental health crisis within the workforce?
1: Sure. Let uh, let me, let me kind of start with two points. First of all, I hope Mm -hmm. I'm wrong uh, uh, about that. Um, uh, And I think it's up to all of us to, to really take that point of view and turn that around. Uh, But before I talk about the problems that people are facing and experiencing, I I do want to stress and emphasize something that I brought out in that article. And that is, you know, most people are, are resilient, uh, mm-hmm. in, in times of crisis, uh, people do do well and they do better than we expect. And, um, you know, I, I think that's important that we all, all keep it in in our purview. But, uh, you know, we can't ignore the facts that many adults and many children's children um, have experienced a lot of stress. Um, many families are under stress. Uh, they, they are they are losing loved ones and other family members to the health uh, issues that are in front of us. Um, you know, you're seeing the stories on the news about families that cannot grieve or support one another under normal conditions. Um, we all know that death and illness uh, have and require a grieving process. And this pandemic has, has changed that uh, grieving process by, by keeping distance. And many families are under financial stress with, with, with many, many consequences. And, and in fact, you know, so many families um, that exist out there um, are, are also trapped within domestic conflict, marital abuse, child abuse, and they have no place to go and no one to intervene. And, and so, you know, those stresses are real. Uh, real in mental health, and the next layer of stress that's about to come is going to be this return to kind of a new normal um, and and a new approach, you know. And, and what we're going to be dealing with in our places of business is is really the the reality of all those stresses that I just mentioned. But then, you know, our workforces are going to be dealing with new health rules that people may find it difficult to comply with. Um, as a society, you know we don't have a one-size-fits-all set of norms, and workplaces all have their own different norms. So, so do schools, so do families, and so you know we'll see inside our workplaces, you know, different different behaviors, different conflicts uh, as a result of some of the new um, policies and physical distancing that. That are coming coming about, um, and you know these types of things are, are are going to put pressure on workplaces. And you know we're we're also dealing with the reality that you know some of some of the things we're seeing today about racial uh, injustice and the call for the disbanding of police has ent- entered a whole new dynamic into. Uh, what people are trying to p- process. And, and soon on top of that is going to be an election, which brings its own division and debate. So, you know, I really empathize, empathize with all of us that are trying to think about mental health and how to maintain employee productivity and, and engagement because we're, we're going to be in a unique time of many societal stressors that are going to create uh, issues in our workplaces and for people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So one thing that I wanted to mention was uh, workplace violence, it can take many forms. Uh, You know, we're we're not just talking about assault between uh, coworkers and or customers, you know, the sort of uh, stereotypical view of workplace violence. But we're also talking about things like verbal abuse or bullying or even suicide um, what forms of workplace violence are you most concerned about specifically relating to COVID-19?
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, these are going to be the, the, the things I worry about. You mentioned one. I, I worry about, I definitely worry about suicide. Suicide is an, mm. an issue in the country, uh, you know, where... By, by some numbers we're at a rate of fifteen per fifteen suicides per hundred thousand people. That's projected to increase uh, to to seventeen per hundred thousand people and, and and that's almost up eight percent over over twenty eighteen. So I, I definitely worry about that. And and you know that self-isolation is is a factor, but but I think the other piece when you start to look at and understand violence in the workplace um it it is often driven or triggered by a grievance, uh whether it's a grievance with the company and the company's policy or a grievance with another employee um and and I worry that what we're seeing in in, in society right now, you know people picking sides uh there's there's a lot of division uh there's a lot of opinion about masks and no masks and you know, there's going to be opinions about um, uh, return to work and, and how to do that. And so I, I do think we will see more verbal harassment and issues between employees as as we deal with COVID, as we deal with a highly sensitive political and racial uh, topics in our society at this period. And, and I think those are top of mind that, that we have to be alert to. And, and really understand and have some practices in the workplace on how to, you know, mitigate those issues, uh, escalate those issues, um, and, and promote good health.
0: Mm -hmm. So, uh, one of the big questions that all EHS pros have, um, surrounding workplace violence is, uh, what are some of the biggest red flags for potential violence that, uh, safety professionals need to be on the lookout uh, for in the coming months?
1: Um, you know, some of these are going to sound obvious. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they'll, they'll sound obvious. They're the things we say every day. If it's not just about our kids, it applies to the workplace. But if, if there's any time ever that we need to have a mindset of see something, say something, it, it is right now. And I think the mm-hmm. things to be away, uh, alert for are, are people making threats, um, either verbal, verbal or, or physical um you know, watching for outbursts uh, screaming, yelling, mood changes um, you, you know it's 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 important to watch for uh, the development of prolonged grudges that people are holding and forming and and not showing or demonstrating an ability to move move on from and that usually starts that also starts to you know, Form and or be attached to a, a prevalence to blame uh, others for what goes wrong, and, and so you know those would be some of the things that that will be the obvious and also not so obvious to watch for, um, and and it's important that that we are acutely aware to to these types of changes.
0: Definitely, so uh, it's clearly important to um, plan for prevention. Uh, how should EHS pros plan and train for addressing workplace violence? Uh, what are some of the challenges that they might face in creating such a plan, and how can they overcome these challenges?
1: Yeah, I think you know. I think it's it's, it's important to, to recognize uh, time is time is always a barrier uh, to mm-hmm. to creating emergency planning policy, um, uh, as is the know how. Um, you know, certainly our EHS experts tend to have the know-how, but, but those that are often relied upon to also shape it, form it and teach it. This is a new concept and, and there are many, many businesses out there without the benefit of an EHS professional as well. Um, and and so we have to, we, we have to recognize that, that there is expert, there are experts. You can turn to those experts uh, and then the other thing I think is important to be aware of when you think about planning for and creating emergency response and emergency preparedness plans is don't be overconfident or or hold a skeptical view. I, I, I think often when you talk about people that have been involved in these incidents or, or reflect back, they often say, I didn't think it could happen to us or I didn't think it would mm-hmm. happen here. Um you know, as far as, you know, what can organizations be doing, um, one is, you know, I think developing plans in a way that puts them online and at the closest fingertip device level of people that are going to need to know and know how to respond. Um, we, we have to make it easy for people in an emergency to respond and manage and follow through and communicate uh, on their plans, um, and and we have to take advantage of that. Uh, the other the other thing I think is is time is is you know turn turn to the best practices. Um, there are plans that live out there, um, best practices that live out there within within the government database or the OSHA databases of how what the what some of the most effective plans are and what they look like, and and use them. Um, you know I always say uh, you know. A good plan is better than no plan, um, and then they need they need to create the space for training. Um, and you know, I, I think training is not just train once, but it's it's repetitive based and it's even rehearsal based. Um, and and so you know, creating a way to deliver training in a digital format uh, in a way that can practice or develop a scenario response. So that people know and and know how to follow through and then communicate, communicate about what worked and what didn't work uh, so that people are getting better after after each time you, you, you do practice.
0: Absolutely, that's great. Talking about communication and working as a team, so uh, to prevent workplace violence, who are some of the other folks, uh, both internal and external to the organization, that a safety pro needs to effectively collaborate with in order to prevent violence in the workplace?
1: Yeah, I, I I think number one when when you think about your your workplace, not only are you you designing a workplace a, a plan to prevent violence, but you're you're creating a plan to survive uh, and mm. and and limit uh, limit risk. And I, I think making sure that uh, EHS and HR staff and building and facility security staff turn to professionals to get a full view of the physical and cultural risk assessment that is, um, is, is inherent in their building, whether it's by design uh, of, of locations of desks or uh, doors and access points, it's going to be imp- more important than ever that people understand their physical environment and how it, in- how it contributes to safety and saving lives. And, and, and I think turning to professionals that can help do that uh, and do that assessment well, so that EHS professionals and, and uh, organizations can take action upon it is, is critical. Um, you know, I, I also think within the context of mental health and what we're dealing with in COVID, it, again, we're, we're, we, our businesses are our are, are community. Uh, our businesses are located where we live and where our children go to school. I think turning to community leaders uh, to form good communication protocols uh, that one uh, share information between the community center or crisis response center or the and the workplace, or the school and the workplace. Uh, it's going to be important that we have a better way of sharing and understanding things about behavioral changes or issues that are occurring outside of the workplace, because we know that it's likely to come back in. So I think community leaders, number two, is an important place to to turn and 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 make sure that we're we're building community safety plans, not just workplace safety plans. Um, and, and then you know I think number three is law enforcement. Um, you always want to be planning with law enforcement for 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 the worst and for the response ser- scenarios, and and this ties back to you know understanding points of entry, understanding points of tactics that that law enforcement might need access to or respond to in a building. You want to work with law enforcement officials on response plans, um, and, and you know I'll, I'll leave you with the, uh, with with just one more thought. I think employee culture experts are people to think about too, because, um, you know, I think getting advice, uh, the best form to prevention is really identification of where someone is heading towards despair, where societal stressors are taking an impact. And if you can get in front of that, you, you that is the way you get to prevention.
0: Absolutely. That's great. Thank you. Now, um, before we sign off, are there any other thoughts or tips you'd like to share with our audience on this important topic?
1: Yeah, I, I'll, I'll just kind of close with what I what I just said and what I started with. Uh, one mm-hmm. is people are incredibly resilient, mm-hmm. but at the same time, nearly one in seven people feel unsafe at work. And if we feel unsafe at work, uh, we're not reaching our full. Fo- Full potential as employees. We're not reaching yeah. our full intent, potential as a business, and we know that if you're not feeling safe at work and secure at work, you're probably insecure at home, and therefore we're not feeling safe as a community. Um, I, I think as a business, as a CEO, we all have a duty of care for health and well-being of every employee. Uh, We need to act in a way that demonstrates our values to human life, and that includes the training, the educating, and the supporting of mental wellness and safety, All, all things that sometimes we can't tangibly tie to employee productivity or to skill advancement, but we have to have and know that we have a moral obligation to the duty of care and well-being of employees.
0: Absolutely, that's some wonderful advice for our for our audience of EHS professionals. Um, I just want to say thank you very much again, JP, for joining us today on EHS on Tap.
1: You're welcome, Justin. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, you're very welcome, and. To our listeners, please stay healthy, be sure to keep an eye out for new episodes of EHS on Tap, and keep reading the EHS Daily Advisor to stay on top of your safety and environmental compliance obligations, get the latest in best practices, and keep your finger on the pulse of all things related to the EHS industry. Until next time, this is Justin Scase for EHS on Tap.